Also, everyone, just so you know, I found the best app that you ever could find. Ooh, what, what is, is it? Shame. Yes! <gasps> oh, it rings the bell, too. Technology. Yeah. yeah, it's just called Shame Bill. Have you had a real life occasion to use it yet? Oh yeah, because on, on Sunday when I was re getting ready to watch the, the premiere, two of my friends were really late and we were like really impatiently waiting for them. And then, my, I don't know if you saw I, you saw my tweet. I don't know. I, do you, do you so I Twitter phone? just recently, but then I had to restart my phone because it kept restarting itself. So I haven't, I need to Twitter it. I need to tweet oh. again. I'm gonna get it again. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know the verbiage. It's okay. You will return to Twitter.com. Yes. You will be returned to Twitter. Yeah. I, I will tweet again. Or retweets. Or... <laughs> You'll retweet? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I just tweeted about how the internet connection where we were playing the show was so bad. Like, and so I ha we kept having to, like, pause it and, like, let it load and buffer. And then... You guys are totally welcome to come over here and watch it. Yeah, we were gonna, we were trying to find a new venue to watch it next time because also the people that came over to watch it as well were just super annoying. Okay, come watch it over here. It's me, my boyfriend Jake, and his mom. And <laughs> That sounds awkward. I know, it does sound awkward, but it's, it's only awkward if you think about it. Okay, well, I mean. I, but I, you're more than welcome to. I have a group of okay. five people his who mom's watch really it fun. Me, though, so as long as that's okay for, like, the volume of people that would attend. I can definitely let them know that that's something you could look into. Do you watch it at your house? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It's so just like, good. I uh, use Snapchat every once in a while, and I like Snapchatted like the opening song. And I was just like, oh, shit. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was exciting. Oh, mm -hmm. It just felt good to be back. It felt exactly. Like, yeah. it's been over a year since we saw the last episode. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I didn't recap at all. I knew I should have gone back and recapped. But... I know. I needed that previously on so bad. Yeah. Yeah. And there's just so many characters. Like, I was watching it, re-watching the first season with my with Jared and then my friend Tyler. And they had us, like, pause, like, halfway through the second episode. And they were following the characters so much better than I was the first oh, time yeah. I saw it. I was like, wait, who was is like... this? And who is that? And what is... Wait. Why? Wait. They're... Sip? What? Just... It was a lot. Yeah, I, I, my first time I watched it, I was like so confused too, mm -hmm. and I needed like I was surprised how much I did remember that I had rewatched it recently, like all the way through again. But like something as small of a detail as the man and the little and his daughter who had that mill. Oh yeah, who, who got killed by got, the hound. Who yeah, got robbed by the hound and then left to yeah. die. Yeah. Like, that was like something I would never have remembered had they not shown the previously on. So thank mm -hmm. goodness for that. That was just like one episode that they happened to be in in like the third season. Yeah. Uh, this is bingeable, also. I've been recording this whole time. <laughs> oh, hey! I mean... We've been discussing. We've been discussing. I have discussing. to capture the candid conversation. This is great. Uh, so this is a TV podcast, if you don't already know, where we discuss TV. Uh, today we're going to go over the Emmy nominations that were just announced last week. And, of course, discuss the premiere episode of Season 7 of Game of Thrones... And tonight's new episode of Snowfall. Uh, where do we... Actually, before we jump into that stuff, is there anything that's been exciting to you guys this week? I, right as I was coming over here, I saw a news article that said that um, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss are coming out with a new TV show. Called that's what I was going to mention. Yes. Oh, Confederate, okay. that's what it's called? Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, which is apparently is a alternate universe history TV show that they're going to be putting on HBO as well about what would have happened if the South won the Civil War. You know, don't know how I feel about it still. Like, I know Game of Thrones has gotten a lot of backlash, especially recently for being a show that pretty is pretty white, like in terms of the main characters, <laughs> main speaking roles. Um, and in like insofar as like even the third season finale of the, of of Game of Thrones where Danny is just like sailing on the crowds of people of color which got a lot of criticism as well for like white colonialism but you know it's just kind of a it's an interesting concept for two men who are also white straight middle-aged like rich dudes who are going to make commentary on what will probably be a very racially thematic show and we'll see if it works i am my bets are toward not working myself. You don't think it will? No, because I really think that the like that like they already have a show that's devoted to what happens when slavery is like still a thing in the US and that's the wire. Like I mean the wire is a modern commentary on racial racial like politics, racial like and societal class like related things that is also on HBO. I love it. It is a great show. It's one that I was like I can definitely go into more detail about sometime if you want to talk about that show, even though it's a little old. Um, but yeah, I, I'm thinking that that show was a much better representation of that story rather than something that may end up proving more controversial than good. Right. My own opinion. So are you, did you gather from what you read, is this like a, like Handmaid's Tale almost type deal? Like present day, what the world would be like if the South had won? Or is it like going back to the Civil War and being like, oh, we're going to take it in the direction of the South winning. Didn't really see what they haven't said necessarily. Really know, all I know is that the alternate history is what is the overall premise, whether it's going to be taking place in like the mid 1800s or in modern times, like Handmaid's Tale style with like a dystopian now future because the South won the war, which as we maybe remember from our history classes is would have been a really bad thing to have happened. Yeah. We probably wouldn't be where we are now had, it, had that happened. Um, or we definitely wouldn't be. But yeah, so I have no idea. That's but... interesting. Just because de- I feel like depending on when it's set, that could be a very different mm-hmm. oh, yeah. show. Oh, <laughs> yeah. When is it set? I'm thinking that it, I'm, I'm, my bets are toward that it's not, maybe maybe not mid-1800s, but like late 1800s, early 1900s, okay. because HBO loves period drama. They do. And David Benioff and D.B. Weiss have been, you know, the some of the paramounts of that since Game of Thrones is not necessarily period drama, but it... A lot of people kind of forgot that it was fantasy in the first <laughs> season because most of the fantasy elements were only revealed in the first and last episodes with the White Walkers and the dragons. Right. Um, people always say, like, back then when talking about Game of Thrones. <laughs> and so it's kind of funny that way. But it does seem like, I don't know that much about medieval stuff, like mm-hmm. actual history, but it seem, it feels like, I understand why people say that because it feels like yeah. they're trying to replicate that era, yeah. you know? But mm-hmm. anyway, so yeah, that's that's the only thing I had to mention too. Have you heard anything cool happening in TV, Lindsay? No, because I, I don't watch TV, like, on TV very often. Right. And most of the time I'm on Reddit just following the subreddits that I like. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> so I'm kind of an uncultured swine. Oh. And... <laughs> no, I just see, like, headlines on Facebook right, and that's yeah, it. Facebook or Reddit or otherwise, like, news yeah. aggregates that I check a lot. Yeah, sorry. I guess everyone over, like, 50 just stopped listening. Just kidding. Okay, I'll edit that out. Um, so do we want to do Emmy stuff first or Game of Thrones first? Let's do Emmy stuff first. It feels like a first thing to mm-hmm. do, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we'll just go over the nominations and maybe weigh in if anything made us particularly happy or angry. Okay. Um, even though it's all just a bunch of people 
saying their opinion about TV, so there's not that much reason to be angry when there are bigger things happening in the world, but I think it's fun to be angry about it. <laughs> I agree. So maybe uh, for the sake of time, we can at least just go over the categories we named our own favorites in last time. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll do like the major acting categories and then series awards for each genre. So starting with limited series. Uh, so these were the nominations for lead actor in a limited series or movie. Ewan McGregor in season three of Fargo, Jeffrey Rush for a show called Genius, Benedict Cumberbatch for Sherlock, uh, The Lying Detective, I don't know if that is something other than the main series that they do, uh, John Turturro for The Night Of, Riz Ahmed for The Night Of, and Robert De Niro for The Wizard of Lies. So of these, I've only seen The Night Of and Fargo. I've only seen Fargo. I've seen Fargo, The Night Of, and then... Um, what was the other one one more time? Um, Genius, Sherlock, and The Wizard of Lies. Oh, yeah. No, I haven't seen anything. I've, I haven't watched the most recent season of Sherlock yet. I'm behind on that. I know it's on Netflix now, but it's so hard to devote yourself to a show that's an hour and a half per episode. It's an hour and a half per episode? Yeah. It's only like three or four episodes per season, but like oh, it's like a so movie. Yeah. yeah. But still, that feels like that's, that's what stopped me too from doing it. Uh, so yeah, I think I'm fine with those. Mm -hmm. I don't have any objections to him. I, I mean, mean, I yeah, I chose John Turturro last time for the night of for my personal Ewan, choice, and I chose Ewan McGregor. So and, and seeing both of their names on the list was something that was neither Guys shocking, great. but yeah, uh, was exciting for us to both have been somewhat on the nose. Yeah, where we were less on the nose is where I'll get to later with a bit of my own grievances about the nominations, but we'll talk about that. Right, later. and worth noting. I, I'm more into the supporting actor nominations for limited series, actually, because Alexander Skarsgård was nominated for Big Little Lies, awesome. um, David Thewlis for Fargo, uh, Alfred Molina and Stanley Tucci, each for Feud, and then Bill Camp and Michael Kenneth Williams for The Night Of. Um, so, I'll, I, well, I've seen all the shows in, <laughs> in that category, so that's just, like, pure excitement to me. Mm -hmm. uh, but so I used to be able to see everything on the list. Yeah, I hope Alexander Skarsgård wins that, though. We'll probably we'll have to do limited for every category too. Or I mean, not limited, supporting because I I'm more interested in the supporting nominations a lot of times. Honestly, I think in general, like with the Oscars as well, the supporting acting is way more interesting to me than lead acting because it shows that they were able to make a standout performance from a smaller role. With yeah, it was like really not intended to shake the screen, but like it just really shows that these actors are supremely talented to be a, to be chosen out of a group where their role and character was remembered purely because they did such a good job acting it and making bringing life to it. Like another, and I know that's a little bit like different, I know there's also guest acting right. nominations, which were not featured very, like I could not find a solid list of them. But um, there was Justice for Barb. Have you, I, mean, I know that you guys remember that. Hashtag. Oh, that's right. She was nominated. She was nominated for yeah. Little Stranger Things. I know we're going to get to that probably a little while as well. But yeah. I, I mean, that, that's just an example of me as well as like a character that was very supporting. No one ever thought would make an impact yet she, who she was getting an Emmy nomination and becoming the biggest meme of 2016. Right. So do you think that's why she became, I she got nominated? I why. <laughs> it's because she was Barb a meme. had a huge impact on me personally, so I hope so. <laughs> you guys, that totally skewed my viewing of Stranger Things. Really? Because I didn't understand that she was a meme. I just like saw so much about her online from Stranger Things. And so I assumed that she was a big part of it. Yeah. And I mean, spoilers, I guess. But in episode two, I was really confused. I was like, huh, like she, She's I'm sure she'll be back in somehow. And then this nope, is totally like sideways related. But there was this 
Fallout Boy t-shirt that said Fallout Boy like Stranger Things font. Uh-huh. And it said hurry and get yours before they're gone forever just like Barb. And oh my gosh. Really funny. That's brutal. I've heard she's coming back for season two though. Yes. Is she? Because so, in some capacity. They had, I'm sure they decided to find a way mm-hmm. once they realized. Uh, okay. Outstanding lead actress in a limited series or movie. Felicity Huffman for American Crime. Nicole Kidman for Big Little Lies. Reese Witherspoon for Big Little Lies. Mm-hmm. Carrie Coon for Fargo. Jessica Lange for Feud and Susan Sarandon for Feud. This one was. This one is just stars. This yeah. is stacked. Oh, <laughs> so like when difficult. I, read that, I was like, I don't know who to love more. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I I haven't seen this current this past season of American Crime, but I'll formally recommend the show sometime because it's amazing. Um, and what I've been meaning to see. I haven't seen that one either. Yeah, and Felicity Huffman is great in the first season. That's what I've seen so far. Freaking Nicole and Reese, like. Oh, I'm still man. thinking Nicole is on top, though. Yeah, we both chose Nicole. Nicole did such an amazing job. Yeah. Oh, blew me away. She's my she's my official hope. I am, and then Carrie Coon, of course. I will talk. I wished Carrie Coon had been nominated for The Leftovers. As much as I loved her in Fargo, I what she did in The Leftovers stood out to me even more. But if she wins I'll, for Fargo, I'll be happy. I feel like yeah. all of these make up for how terrible our choices were for the election. You know? <laughs> there you go. We have all these <laughs> <laughs> um, I, my personal prediction is that I kind of think feud's going to end up sweeping because I think a lot of older people vote for the Emmys <laughs> and, I, the Oscars, yeah. and I think a series that was about Hollywood in the 60s and 70s is going to catch their attention more or like they'll just vote for it even if they haven't seen it we'll see i don't know either i'm being cynical about the voting i think you're being fairly re- realistically cynical though because i know for a fact that like period anything is just what always comes out on top right and that was like its own version of period drama yeah exactly and here's uh, it's like i don't know i vent about how the voting's gonna go and stuff but it's like how could anybody be the ultimate emmy voter right because mm-hmm. How has anyone seen every single TV show? Yeah, like TV critics who make a living off of, like, reviewing TV shows probably don't even get to watch everything they want to watch. So how is someone who works full-time in TV supposed to, because that's who the voters consist of, How are, I, I understand, like, how are they supposed to find time yeah. to watch everything and then nominate the best of all of it accordingly? Which is probably why The Leftovers got shafted. Yes, Exactly. Uh, so the nominations for, oh, that's wrong, for Best Limited Series are Big Little Lies, Fargo, Feud, Genius, and The Night Of. Not much of a surprise, just, (laughs) just all the shows from the performances that were nominated, basically. I'm going to make a goal that I'm going to watch all of Feud somehow or other, because I know it's not on FX anymore. It's not? No, Uh. usually they have the whole season of a show on there for about 50 to 100 days after it comes out. And then they take it off pretty much permanently, and then oh. leave it to either Netflix or Hulu to take off. Yeah, they have a weird thing. Wait, maybe we talked about this. I don't know if it happened on the podcast or in my brain, but <laughs> they have a weird thing where like some of their shows go to Netflix and some go to Hulu, and then the Americans goes to Amazon Prime. Yeah, uh, it's I looked it up because it was bothering me. It's something like if it's just FX productions, then it goes to one <laughs> and then if it's made in conjunction with another studio and like along with fx then it goes to the other one it's it's boring, i know that but... netflix has american horror story it has american horror story it just got the people versus oj and, uh um, a lot of the something shows. else Shoot. it's always sunny in philadelphia is on netflix it's true yeah so it's like random it seems random but anyway 
Drama. Moving on. <laughs> oh, no. Also worth mentioning. I th- So I think they kind of like tried to split up the way they nominated the actresses from Big Little Lies so they could all get in if possible. Uh, because the the people who make the show decide, or maybe even the actors and actresses themselves decide, which category they want to submit themselves to. Mm-hmm. So Laura Dern and Shailene Woodley were nominated for Best Supporting, supporting Actress for a limited series, which is interesting, because Shailene, I feel like, is a pretty main character. she's in it as much as Nicole and Reese, but I, I'm guessing they thought they couldn't take up, I don't know if there's a rule against taking up three slots with one show, but it, it seems like they decided to nominate her for supporting. It but, also could be that, since like we mentioned before, like Emmy voters are typically a lot older people that don't aren't as familiar with younger actors and actresses, and Shailene Woodley is someone who's gained more notoriety and fame lately because of young adult adaptations with Divergent, which flopped, but it was what kind of got her name more widely out there right uh and the movie the descendants that came out in 2011 that was where she also had a big break but like i think she figured that in the lead category with up against hard hitters like jessica lange susan sarandon reese witherspoon and nicole kidman and uh maybe carrie coon to a degree as well like people that like are fairly well known now and or to the like artists are very well known like it just is hard for it would be hard for her to stack up yeah I agree. It was it was weird for me to see her as like a mother character in Big Little Lies because I still think of her as like a call like playing college age characters, which I guess the character is. It's just she has a child. Anyway, yeah. uh, okay, comedy. Uh, my phone's being annoying. Lead actor in a comedy series. We have Donald Glover for Atlanta, Zach Galifianakis for Baskets, Anthony Anderson for Blackish. Aziz Ansari for Master of None, William H. Macy for Shameless, and Jeffrey Tambor for Transparent. Is it terrible that I haven't seen any of those? You haven't seen a single one of those? Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm, I want to try Baskets because it seems like it's dark. And I yeah, I think you'd like Baskets. I'm really happy that I got nominated for it. Yeah, because he wasn't nominated last year. It was, right. It was just um, the, the man who plays his mother, whose name is eluding me right now. Louis Anderson. Louis Anderson. Yeah. Who was nominated for Best Supporting, I think, last year. But yeah, he won last year and was nominated again this, this year. year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked Atlanta. If you also wanted to watch even just one show of that, which is only one season out right now, and somehow, again, I think it's off of FX and don't know if it's on Hulu or Netflix yet. It's going to Hulu soon. I looked it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Atlanta was an amazing trip, and I'm super stoked and not surprised that Donald Glover was nominated. Uh, wow, so neither of you have seen Master of None? Mm-mm. Guys, that's like a Netflix Originals basic. It's like hey. a building block of Netflix What's wrong originals. With me? I'm so no, sorry. you're okay. You're fine. <laughs> um, and I, I love Transparent. I think uh, Jeffrey Tambor has won twice for it. He's won, I think, actually all three years. He's been all three years. This is the fourth season of Transparent. Um, but maybe I'm no. Not. This is the third season that's nominated, and four oh. is about to come out. So my bad. Yeah, but I think he has won twice for it. So he There's might a keep he going can win again. Yeah, because he's like an older actor again that people are familiar with. But I'm pulling for Donald Glover. He won the Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Comedy over um, Jeffrey Tambor, which we know the Golden Globes are like a fluke award ceremony because it's like less hokey or less like, like, like uh, not hokey, hokey is the word that it is, but less formal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, uh, lead actress in a comedy series, Pamela Adlon for Better Things, Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish, Lily Tomlin for Grace and Frankie, Jane Fonda for Grace and Frankie, and Allison Janney for Mom. Ellie Kemper for Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and of course Julia Louis Dreyfus for Veep. Oh yeah, I've actually seen. Oh, not even close to all of these. Actually, I've only seen two: Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and Veep. I've seen those two. And I've, seen, I've seen Blackish the first season at least. I haven't seen the most recent one, so it's hard to say whether or not this season was Tracy Ellis's, Ellis Ross's best one yet, or something like that. But 
Um, and then what were the other? There was maybe I think one more that I'd also seen. Uh, Grace and Frankie, or I've seen a few episodes. Better of Things. No, neither one. And I've I've seen a few episodes of Mom on cable. When my dad happens to be watching it, but right. it's one of those shows where I feel like Alice and Jenny gets like a courtesy nod every season because she's the funniest character on the show. Every okay. Season. Uh, yeah, I I haven't seen Better Things, but I like the vibe of it from like the ads I've seen for it. So I'm kind of happy. On? It's on yes. FX actually. Um. So I guess I'm happy she's nominated. I know, Lindsay, catch up. I'm I just know, kidding. I haven't, it's not, I haven't seen it. Jeez, <laughs> uh, Jake. Come on. Ellie Kemper. Um, I love her in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. The, I think she's been nominated before for this. I think at least one other season she was nominated, yeah. Yeah. But it, do you think she's going to win if your opinion holds of the people who are doing the voting? No, and I was just going to say that I don't... I was going to say her nomination feels like... I don't know if courtesy is the word, but like... I don't know. It's like they nominate her, but they it's not because it's she has not, a chance of winning. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that humor, like my parents would not get it yeah. at all. No, I, I absolutely think Julia will win again for Veep. I'm sure she will. She's been on awards train since like she started. Yeah, which I love her in Veep, but it's boring when the same thing wins every year. And we're going to talk a lot about that. Actually, right now, let's talk about the best comedy or outstanding comedy series. Atlanta, Blackish, Master of None. Modern Family, Silicon Valley, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and Veep. I think it's very telling that there are very few actors nominated this year, this year for Modern Family, yet it somehow still made the list for Best Overall Comedy. Yeah. So it used to be the freight train that won like six years in a row between the like, Right, and like and it would sweep every comedy award. Yeah, exactly. But now it's just kind of becoming a show that's very off the cultural map. They just know to vote for it. There is no way that every, like person that voted for that in the, of the Emmy voters is like keeping up every week with Modern Family. I mean, maybe they are. Maybe that's all they have time for. But I don't understand like if we're actually talking about the best shows of the year, it's a, it's a joke that Modern Family gets nominated. Do I do have you ever watched it? Um, I've seen like episodes of it, but Right. I've seen the early episodes and those are hilarious, but it's just been lately like Oh yeah, like I kept up to like season 5 and it was yeah, it was fun, but it's not like now like, I understand nominating a show like Modern Family every year 10 years ago, but now when there are so many shows to choose from and, like, shows doing way more interesting things than a standard sitcom every week, I don't understand nominating Modern Family. I mean, I, I like I said, I don't keep up with it anymore, so maybe this mm. season was incredibly artistic, but I, I doubt that. I doubt it, too. <laughs> uh, but everything else I, I'm fine with. It's just, I don't know. I think comedy's been doing a lot more interesting things. Uh, in the past few years, and it seems like the more straightforward shows get nominated every year. I agree. Like BoJack Horseman would have been a, would it would it have qualified this year? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 qualified for the past. Yeah, this would be its third year qualifying, but it never gets nominated for anything. Yeah. Bums me out now that I'm watching it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, Sarah Lynn, do you, you know who she is, right? Yeah, in Sarah the, Lynn. Yeah. So the voice actress got nominated for. I guess the guest voice actress. Yeah. Like it's like one of the side awards that they don't present at the actual ceremony. Uh, so I guess that's good, but if they're, like, recognizing that, why can't they recognize the whole show? What? It's like, what is that little pop-up that keeps coming out? I don't know how to make it stop. It's t it's because I'm recording on my phone, oh. in case something goes wrong on my computer. But I don't know why it keeps popping up. Uh, I just keep looking at it going, like, what? Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's nothing cool. Okay. Uh, sorry, we'll wrap this up. Drama. Lead actor in a drama series. Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul. Kevin Spacey for House of Cards, Lee Schreiber for Ray Donovan, Matthew Reese for The Americans, 
uh, Milo Ventimiglia for This Is Us, Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us, Anthony Hopkins for Westworld. A lot of them are generally expected. I was happy to see Milo Ventilia, 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 I don't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> Ventimiglia, I think. Um, yeah, nominated for This Is Us because he wasn't nominated for the Golden Globes or any other like major awards for TV prior to that. And he was one of my favorite characters of the show. And I forgot to even mention it in my own personal Emmy nominations. I can't believe I'd forgotten about it in the... I guess there's just been so much TV that comes out right in the springtime that it makes it, and that show was aired from fall to like end of end of February, early March. So, but like that, sh- like his character in the show was like out of nowhere. It was one of the most like well beloved characters. Like you saw, art- I saw tons of articles written about him, many girls crushing on him, and he's just like the most. But he's like he's just like really heartfelt and emotional, and one of those understated characters of the show doesn't go over the top. And I think I really hope he has a solid chance, but. You know, it's hard to say with heavy hitters. And I mean, I love Bob Odenkirk, though. He was my pick, and he still is for the best actor of the season. Yeah, same. I picked him, too. So that's who I'm officially rooting for. Kevin Spacey is just standardization at this point, I think. Exactly. You can't see me when I'm doing it, but I rolled my eyes. I love him. He's my favorite actor of all time, but this season was not his best of House of Cards. And I feel like now this just, it's kind of like Jake mentioned before, standard nominations that just come out every year for the same characters and actors and it's just because they're lazily picking them yeah mm-hmm. uh how do we feel about anthony hopkins for westworld okay you have to feel good about it was like oh yes bob odenkirk love bob and then i was like oh but anthony's there sorry bob. and there's a good chance that anthony could win too because he's again very well beloved someone that everyone knows yeah and yeah that's true and I mean, Westworld was a show that came, that was a huge phenomenon. A lot of people watched it. It's probably why it made it was the second. It was it tied with Saturday Night Live for most nominations this year, right? Over like across all the fields. But like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that it, that the winner might be Anthony Hopkins this year. He was my second choice for Best Actor of the Year, but I still wish Bob Odenkirk would win. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, lead actress in a drama series: Robin Wright for House of Cards, Viola Davis for How to Get Away with Murder, Carrie Russell for The Americans, Claire Foy for The Crown. Elizabeth Moss for The Handmaid's Tale, and Evan Rachel Wood for Westworld. Uh, I'm pretty satisfied with this group. Oh, me too. It's, it's solid. a solid group. Uh, right, so the only one that I'm a little bit satisfied with having seen the season of House of Cards, though, is Robin Wright. Sure. I love her, but her delivery of some of the lines where she was trying to be like really like, I don't know, authoritative, like... The season ends with her saying, my turn, and I feel like it sounded, <laughs> like, it was, it, it sounded like something from Super Smash Brothers, where one of the characters is like, my turn, and just yeah. like smacks you or something. It was bad. And it was really bad delivery, in my opinion. And I know that's just one line of many that she gave, but ugh, that kills it for me. And so. <laughs> yeah. I that's hard is when you get really great actors and like actresses, but and you want to root for them, but their performances weren't what you expected. Exactly. So you're like, listen, I love you, but you could have done better. Yeah. So. It's blurry lines, and I think sometimes I think the voters don't think of it, like they don't separate the performance from the actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm really happy that both Matthew Reese and Carrie Russell were nominated for the Americans. I agree. I love the Americans. I've been watching it from the beginning. I haven't watched the most recent season, but they are the like their acting is phenomenal in the show. I wish that it would get more recognition, but I think it's just hard because I, t- I tell people I watch it all the time, and people assume it's been this. Like, I watched it on the 4th of July, for one, and people were, t- were teasing me, like, what a good patriotic show to be watching when I would tell them what it was without any context, when really it's, like, one of the least patriotic shows that I've ever seen. Yeah. And so, it's just funny. Like, it's a really good show. I highly recommend it to anybody that wants a nice 80s period spy thriller. Yeah, it's really... I've only seen the first season, but I love it. Uh, I'm officially rooting for Elizabeth Moss, I think, for The Handmaid's oh, Tale. Oh, incredible. Oh, yeah. me too. I think that she should definitely 
win if she if, like if not like at least like second place if i don't know they, i know they don't <laughs> like, yeah like still like she deserves to be in the top top spot i'm, I'm pretty sure that claire foy has a solid chance of winning though because she's won a lot of the previous awards for the queen for the crown yeah and again period drama Woo-hoo. favorite thing i've said that like a thousand times you're probably gonna like like want to like take a shot every time i say the word period drama <laughs> <laughs> edit this out, but that means something totally different to me just oh. like... <laughs> period drama that's period funny drama. Anyway. Yeah, I'm not editing that out unless you really want me to. Every time I hear that, I'm like, period drama. What do you guys know about period drama? <gasps> you know what? Never mind. That'd be such a funny pun if someone made, like, a period drama, but... <gasps> about yeah. being a period. Yeah, like in the drama. Like, in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Period drama in the oh, like, 80s? Yeah. Victorian era <laughs> So glow. Periods. Just kidding. <laughs> like, um, that is so glow. <laughs> glow is a period drama. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, finally, outstanding drama series. Better Call Saul. House of Cards, Stranger Things, The Crown, The Handmaid's Tale, This Is Us, and Westworld. Uh, I'm pretty sure that nomination list matches exactly with the exception of The Handmaid's Tale that came out later, The Golden Globes. Oh, does it? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I'm actually pretty satisfied with it, except for House of Cards. Me too. I would. I, I wish that the House of Cards spot would have been taken by the leftovers. The leftovers, we can all agree. Well, Lindsay has to agree. I'm going to just agree with you Lindsay guys. agrees. Right? Oh, the leftovers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh... I saw a tweet from this TV critic that I liked that was like, the like we all know The Leftovers deserved a nomination, but we have to accept that HBO is pushing for Westworld to be their successor to Game of Thrones in terms of popularity and acclaim. And so, like, I think he's, how did he, he was like, HBO is powerful enough that they could have got The Leftovers nominated, but instead they pushed Westworld because it's their future. Mm-hmm. I think that was his tweet, which... Uh, I makes sense to me. Like I comprehend that, but it makes me angry <laughs> because I think that the best and most interesting things should win. And I, I mean, I like Westworld, but The Leftovers is just something else compared to anything else. That's anyway. Shame. Oh, nice. Shame. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so those are the Emmy nominations. Uh, maybe we informed you of them if you didn't already know them. Uh, maybe we echoed your thoughts. But anyway, are we ready to discuss? Yes. Yes. An HBO I original was series. Born ready to discuss. <laughs> oh, I'm so ready to. So okay. This is exciting. Oh, we're waiting a year to discuss this. Yes. So this Sunday we had the season seven premiere of Game of Thrones entitled Dragonstone. Dragonstone. Yep. Let's start some quick general Game of Thrones thoughts, stories, experiences about what this show is to us. It just feels good to watch it. Like, I get the same feeling watching Game of Thrones as far as just being content with where I am as I did when I was reading the Harry Potter books. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, this makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. So it felt good to be back with Game of Thrones. Good. I really like that comparison, Lindsay. Yeah, that's like how I kind of feel every week. Like, it felt like... Um, the period between when I, because I read the first four Harry Potter books as they, because they had already come out, but it felt like when the when the fifth and sixth and seventh book, like all that time that happened in between it, mm-hmm. like just like it's been for us since it's been over a year since we saw the last episode of Game of Thrones, and it feels like just yesterday. I feel like I still am slightly crying from when Marjorie was blown up in the set. Oh yeah. But I, I'm still in denial. I'm still in denial too. Like maybe she's like secretly <laughs> out there somewhere. <laughs> like she's a warg and like warged into some random person on the street or something. I don't know any crazy ass theory like that. <laughs> But I, um, yeah, it was like, it was wonderful to be back again, to be immersed in the world of Westeros, though there were some definitely things I wanted to, I want to say about this episode that we watched, as well as some theories I might have that we can share. I don't know, anything like tinfoil, like I swear Game of Thrones is one of the most tinfoily shows out there for like how many people have conspiracy theories 
or like things that they think are going to happen this season or next, which is the last. So mm-hmm. we'll see. How yeah. do you feel, Jake? Um, so listen, I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited now. <laughs> no, yeah. I just want to say I really like... Well, we're going to lose a bunch of listeners. I really like Game of Thrones. A lot. If you're about to say but, I'm going to lose my mind. And? And it makes me think of Game of Thrones where he says anything before the but is horseshit. <laughs> but go on. Um, no, and I completely appreciate like the insane amount of detail and planning and effort that goes into every single episode and the overarching story and the universe of the show. Um, There's no but. There's no but. I don't know. Are you going to say also instead? What are you gonna I say? just want to say, I think I am the rare instance of a casual fan of Game of Thrones. Because a lot of people say those don't exist because you have to commit so much to mm-hmm. the plot. And so, like, I'm happy. I'm happy when I'm watching Game of Thrones. Just like you. Yeah, yeah. We're not that different That's from each fair. other, Lindsay. That's fair. Um, but... <laughs> We're not that different. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I, I just, t- I get a little... I need help sometimes. So that's why you, that's the real purpose of this entire podcast is for you guys to help me understand Game of Thrones. But that's totally fine because I, there is a place for you. Yeah. In this world. I know there is. Casual watcher of Game of Thrones that needs help. I think we've all been there with Game of Thrones where oh, we yeah. needed a little help. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of want to <laughs> listen to the audiobooks and see if that helps me or if it just makes it worse, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I've been listening to the audiobooks as well, which having not really read the books fully in detail prior to watching the show or even now that I have watched it, it's still like not having read them and I feel like it's been really interesting because the show is divided into like different segments as well that like seem like it's like they're trying to catch up with all these characters all the time which can make it seem very like 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 a like deficit of attention like it's hard to like focus on one long sequence like there are a few episodes that have one extended sequence on one character's story yeah but like the that's how the book is written it's written in chapters that are point of view chapters where each chapter is divided like that and so it's interesting reading the book for example, and thinking like small scenes that didn't really make a huge difference in the end or that are not super important to me that I forget easily are whole chapters in the book. Like the scene where Sansa begs Joffrey in the throne room, begging like like on the floor that she spares, that he spare his, like Ned's life for like his treason. Right. Like that's her point of view chapter where she's on the floor and like her, you can hear her thoughts. He would, surely my sweet Joffrey would never do such a thing. <laughs> like, um, and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, it's interesting to read the book and then watch and, and watch the show and think they kind of divide the show into, into POV chapters. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Like every, every, every segment that they edit, like of a different character's story is like what would have been a whole chapter. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that actually surprised me about the season seven premieres. I felt like we spent more time with each individual character than we have in like seasons past in the premiere episodes like mm-hmm. last year especially I remember it was like probably it was just like literally not five minutes per character like all different characters the entire episode just like here's what this person's doing mm-hmm. which I don't I don't dislike I don't like Scott saying it's it feels like a book kind of um just checking in with different people and what they're doing but yeah so we all we all like you guys love Game of Thrones mm-hmm. I do I like Game of Thrones a lot I don't know. I'm, maybe I'll edit out everything I've said. No, no. <laughs> no I, think I think having dissenting opinion makes it interesting. Well, I think it's good because, like, there's got to be a lot of people that feel that way. They're like, oh, man, I love, like, I really like Game of Thrones, but I'm not, like, super, super into it. And maybe they're annoyed with our really, really into it fans. And... Like, I'm not annoyed, no, but I, it's like, it's like I don't feel, 
I'm not enough on the show's level to even have theories because mm-hmm. I feel like I don't understand the world and like the things they're setting up enough to be able to formulate yeah. theories. But I like listening to other people's theories yeah. and then like seeing if they're right. And I'm like, how did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, it's, you have to extremely tune into every detail to fully understand Game of Thrones. It can be exhausting. Yeah. So. Right, yeah. and so, like, and I did, like, for the first, like, two seasons, like, I read, like, full reviews of each episode after I watched it, and, like, I was, like, one step away from, like, making, like, charts on my own <laughs> yeah. to, like, keep track of everything, but I didn't actually end up doing that, and maybe I should have, maybe that's where I went wrong, um, but no, and I, I followed the general storylines, it's just, like, they're just kind of, like, at least once per episode, there's, like, some minor character shows up, and I'm like, I, I know we've seen them. I just, it's been a couple years. I can't remember which season and what they did. Oh, dogs. It's fine. Little, well, is it fine? It sounds a little violent. There's a little dog that keeps coming by my dog's fence, and she just barks like crazy. And oh, okay. And so then I usually go out and I chase off. So it is fine. You can go chase if you have to. She sounded like she was huffing and puffing away. Uh, okay, she so anyway, mm-hmm. so that's general about mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, so we can get into the season seven premiere more specifically. What'd you guys think? Okay, I loved it. Good. But, of course, we okay, so, I, at the beginning of it, I was really confused, because I thought it was a flashback, and then oh, me I was too. Like, I thought it was I too. was like, okay, he's never been like this before, and I thought that the actor who played, um, Walter Frey. Yes. David Bradley. He did such a good job with making you think, like, that's him, but it's not him. Yeah. Like, he did a really good job. It reminded me, again, of Harry Potter oh, when yeah. she's like, pretending to be Hermione, pretending to be her. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. That was a really awesome sequence of acting, and I know that they all yeah. loved it. I've read a lot of, like, funny articles about them doing that scene. Yeah. And so that's what it was. It was like, that's not quite his character. So he did a really good job of doing that, and it, I just loved... That was like the best cold open. Yeah, for it was how really much awesome it had been built up and everything like that, and it really just like set in my brain how I felt about um, Arya, and it was like, right. hey, she is not to be messed with. Like she is officially a badass. Yeah, Which she already was, but right. And then like the North remembers because you hear all this stuff that's like winter's coming, winter's coming, and you're like, whatever that means. Especially living in Utah, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> winter's always here. Go skiing, but then you see her like. Pull off his face and be like, the North remembers and winter came for them. Yeah. This is real now. This is what they're talking about. This is awesome. I agree. I think it was like, I I turned to my friends and like that I was watching with and I thought, are they doing a flashback to the Red Wedding? But from Mm -hmm. like a different perspective, like is Arya having a bad dream and thinking what it was like? But, oh man, like all of us were so in like, like intense because we were really scared that one person was going to randomly drink it because we could, we figured once we figured out that it wasn't a flashback and that it, it was most likely going to be Arya underneath the mask of Walder Frey, we were like, I'm sure she's poisoned all of these goblets and she's oh, trying yeah. to, and she's going to end with the, that awful poison like that she got from the faceless men. And this is about what's, this is about what's going to go down. And we were like all like nervous of watching every single fray in the crowd, like which one's going to take a sip first and then die first. And then suddenly is Arya going to be in trouble? Like, no, they, it was perfect. The foolish phrase all went undone by their love of drink and love of laziness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then, like, some people on the subreddit were like, I was completely tipped off by him being nice. Like, <laughs> right. Ray being nice. Like, that's not him. He's being way too complimentary. But that went over my head. I was still just like, what? Yeah. Yeah. But then when they started drinking, I was like, oh, snap. Right. This is good. 
Yeah, this was a good example. Of actually, I kind of benefited from being such a casual Game of Thrones fan for this scene because I was completely along for the ride because I had literally forgotten like Arya's entire recent plot <laughs> and how she can wear other people's faces now. And so I was just like, kind of and so I was, I was like, well, something's not. But so what I what ha- was happening in my brain was I was assuming that I had remembered something wrong. Yeah, because they showed you the flashback where she stabs him. Yeah. So then I was like, but the flashback. Yeah, right? I was like, we just uh, had I the flashback. the flashback, the recap, I guess you should call yeah, it. Yeah, the previously on. I was like, what? Yeah, because I forgot that she could take Yeah, so I kind of got to fully enjoy, like, the twist that made, like, that big fans probably knew for the entire scene because I was I assumed that I was misunderstanding something and then I was like oh no I wasn't yeah. it's just Arya and that was a great opening to the season yeah. it really was so an awesome it. cold open yeah it was yeah perfect. uh yeah I do have some other thoughts about the rest of the episode though like I love the show and I love I, and I really like the episode but I'm it was not my favorite season premiere but I think that's just the folly of every Game of Thrones season is that the first season of first episode of every season is like where are they now like yeah. it's just like and it's setting up all the plot points for the current season so like every, in the first episode of the second season it was all about like what's Danny gonna do with these dragons now that the Dothraki have abandoned her what's what is John gonna do now that he's leaving the wall to go on a ranging to find out what happened to the other rangers that were like turned into whites mm-hmm. like it's like that like that was what I remember most specifically also being kind of like this where it was just like huge like cuts to all these characters just like checking in on everybody and that's kind of how it felt like for me especially given the big huge dramatic moment at the end of the sixth season where Danny is sailing to Westeros and then we finally see her sail there and it's just like she's here like it was really was, there was the, I, mean, I definitely still want to talk about that because there were some very powerful elements of that, that I really liked but like it just seemed like a checklist episode which is what bothered me a little bit other, yeah. other than that cold open and some elements of the final final like scene that really made me like fanboy a lot Right. Yeah, that is probably my only complaint about Game of Thrones is that, like, things take so long, like, to physically happen in Game of Thrones. Like, sometimes I almost wonder if they're just trying to fill out episode time so that it feels longer. I don't know. But, like, like the Danny scene arriving, like, I realized once it was over that it had been, like, a full, like, five or six minutes of them literally just arriving. See, and I liked that. Did you like it? Okay. Yeah, I, I liked that part. I liked the silence a lot. Yeah, I liked that it was silent. I liked it show because to me it was showing that all the steps of her remembering what it was like. And okay. finally, especially when you had, because I, I recently watched season one and it was all about, I want to go home. I want to go home. And like, it's built up to her finally going home. And so to me, it was really good. Okay, that's And fair. then like showing like the, the throne room and then everything like that. Like I, I was satisfied with it. But right. I could see how it would feel really drawn out. Mm-hmm. Definitely. How do we feel about, like, so there are a few sequences I also kind of wanted to talk about. Like, how do we feel about the Sam day-to-day is. life uh, like montage? I would much rather see somebody's eyes get crushed out <laughs> through their head oh, than no, that not montage me. again. Oh, not me. Oh, I can, anytime anyone ever references the Oberon death scene, I have to look away. Like, oh, I can't hear it. That was, like, those are the two, like, bars now in my head, and they're both Game of Thrones. Like, the Oberon getting his head crushed by... The mountain. the mountain and Sam's day to day because that was just too much for me. I was like, oh, I can handle gore, but I can't handle just like one after the other, like poop, soup, poop, poop, soup. soup. I was just like, oh, in no. the same, yeah. like what looked like the same, yes, <laughs> like, like bowls. Recycling it. Yeah. Like, this is so bad. Oh man. Uh, oh, man. No, I actually thought it was really bizarre. I liked it, but it felt out of place to me because 
Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to get uh, kind of film snobby here for a second, but Game of Thrones never does anything like this, yes. where, like, the humor was coming from the editing itself, mm-hmm. which is, I can't think of another time Game of Thrones has done something like that. Nope. Like, usually all the humor in the show comes from actual dialogue that people mm-hmm. say to each other, like something clever, yeah. or, you know, a joke or pointing something out. So it felt almost like, it almost felt like breaking the fourth wall <laughs> to have the, the humor um, being like a... Uh, Squidville type montage of his day-to-day life Mm -hmm. well for me I felt like you had like this whole idea about what it meant to be a Meisters is that Meister yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and it seems like this really high position almost like like they're a doctor and everything like that and this is showing like they had to come up from poop soup to become that and so I felt it did have a place, but it was too much for me mm. personally because I got really grossed out. And I, was, I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I, was, I was getting really grossed out too because like poop, like seeing poop on screen or seeing poop anywhere in real life is just not something I like to see. Yeah, <laughs> you don't. I'm okay. Like theoretically, I'm okay. Like as a concept, I'm okay with poop. <laughs> as a concept, exactly. But like as a montage with in soup, practice? I'm not in with practice. Soup, yeah. <laughs> not so much. Yeah. Not yeah. so much poop. But... No, yeah, I appreciated the purpose of it. This I just it just took me a minute. It to... just was weird because they they don't usually do it. Like yeah, that. exactly. Yeah, no, it was very explicit humor rather than very clever humor. Yeah, which is definitely different to style. And... Oh, sorry to interrupt, oh, but no. I saw this thing on on Reddit and it was like, I'm pretty sure that montage was the start of Pink Floyd's Money. The song Money oh, uh-huh. by Pink Floyd. Have you heard it? No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Is it Monday? But like the whole start sounds like change. It's like Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I died laughing. That's a very apt comparison. Yeah. So I just have two other things I really want to talk about with you guys to see how you feel. And it's the question that a lot of people have that's been very polarizing. How did we feel about the Ed Sheeran cameo? He deleted <sighs> his Twitter. <laughs> Again, I know. Okay, that made Freaking my heart bullies. hurt. Yeah. Because here's the thing. I haven't noticed any other cameos with other pop stars. And there's been other ones. Yeah. And I don't Ross think he did a bad man. job mm-hmm. at all. He did it just fine. If we mm-hmm. didn't know he was Ed Sheeran, then none of us would even care. Because exactly. Because he did it just fine. And if I had the opportunity to go on Game of Thrones, uh, yeah, I'd be on Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So I feel like people need to chill out. I think it's just this... this I don't know, like this weird and I can't, like unexpl- inexplicable hatred that people have towards anything that's popular, which mm-hmm. is ironic because Game of Thrones is one of the most popular oh, shows yeah. on TV. But like, it's just, it, it felt like a lot of, like, he had just left Twitter, like, like after Lady Gaga fans went, went like bonkers on him for no reason. She even decried that. And then now he's left Twitter again because the whole world is now suddenly making fun of his appearance. That's Though there were some cool. solid jokes I heard that I don't know if you guys saw, like with how, Bran, with Bran, yeah. Where he, they were like, I really wanted him to go to Bran and say, "When your legs don't work." Oh like, yeah, I that was a funny one. That was a funny joke, yeah. yeah. Um, but I was like, I was a little bit. The only thing that was really like difficult for me about this cameo, other than like, because he did a great job being like not stealing the spotlight, not being like they didn't even have him be the Lannister soldier that spoke the most. Mm-hmm. It was like like a pretty even distribution. Didn't keep the camera fixated on him the whole time like you know yeah. some TV shows could do. But the only issue I took is that because he is so well known by face as opposed to like of Monsters and Men, Sigur Ross, and other famous other like musicians that we know by the, their songs, like it was just a little bit like took me out of the universe for a second. Right. That's something I've heard a lot of people say. Yeah, and I know that like it's not a big deal because we went right back into it again and like it's really also just not a big deal to be taken out of the universe of a show because you can, because it's like just, it's just a show. But like, 
that's the biggest complaint that I resonated with at least mm-hmm. and that I yeah. understood where it came from. It, I do too. I think it is the it's the popularity of his face. Like mm-hmm. it would have been like if you had like Taylor Swift show up decked out in a dress at a brothel or something, you know, in Game Ooh, of Thrones. That like, See, really that's weird. interesting because when you say it like that, I'm like, boo! I, think I, am. Like, I guess I'm a hypocrite because I don't want T Swift on my Game of Thrones. I think that difference between having Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran, though, is that Ed Sheeran, while well, he just he has had a huge boost in popularity after The Shape of You, um, Taylor Swift has just been so famous for so long. That's now, true. And he's really only been famous in the last few years, like Ed Sheeran, at least, as far as I'm aware. Maybe he was for all you diehard fans out there for him. I don't know, but... No, that's fair. Taylor Swift is an unmapped comparison. should have yeah. been so mean to him. But, yeah. I think he's just also such a nice person. That yeah. Having everyone be so mean was a little hard for me to see. No, yeah. I I'm, that's just not... That doesn't jibe with me as a person. Like, I can't... The idea of purposefully crafting words to try and make someone else feel bad about themselves is... Mm-hmm. I don't understand it, yeah. but yeah, I thought it was fine overall. So, did you have other stuff? I just wanted to go over some theories I have. I don't know if you guys agree, and you, have, you I know you have your notes here. So, if anything, I'm taking away from you. Like, so if you'd check, like to talk, yeah. Check. <laughs> um, I want to hear your theories. Yeah. So, for one, I thought it was another. Speaking of like sh- stars that we haven't seen on the show yet, who came in? Seeing Jim Broadbent play one of the Grand Maesters as the guy that was carving yeah. apart. Mm-hmm. Um, the dead body that looking at the body parts. Did that remind you of when they had a? Uh, oh my gosh, I can't think of like the Lannister dad. Why can't I think of his name? Charles Dance. Yeah, Tyr. It's his name was Tywin. Oh, Tywin. 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 When he mm-hmm. was gutting the deer, mm-hmm. that's kind of what it reminded me of when they were oh, doing yeah. the autopsy. But anyway, that's an interesting like formal comparison. Like I hadn't thought about that, but that is like another way that like these men like to show dominance over their underlings. Is like. Mm-hmm. I can cut up in a body part and not be scared of the body and gore like you might be, mm-hmm. but the um so the the like it was just interesting to me. I made another joke on my own Twitter as well that was about how, like how Professor Slughorn, who also is played by Jim Broadbent, did not want to let Sam into the restricted section after his lasting last time that he let someone in on restricted information, mm-hmm. Voldemort. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, and then I saw something where it's like, now Sam's going to split his soul between the seven kingdoms. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that. But it was funny just because Jim Broadbent has such a recognizable voice for me, so I didn't even see his face at first, but I like heard his voice with his like, like croaky like old man voice, and I was like trying to like squint my eyes like, is that him? Is that him? Mm-hmm. But my theory is now that we've seen that Jorah is in Old Town as well, looking That's for right. a cure for his dragon sc- or uh, grayscale. I love Jorah. Just have to say, I, I do too. I love Jorah. <laughs> I really do. I, I had heard some people speculate, and at the end of the sixth season, when Danny's reunited with him, that when she says, "Go find a cure." We wouldn't see him again because that was just her way of saying it's too, it would be too painful for me to see you die because it's inevitable that you will since there's no cure. Um, but my thought is that. That is how John and Danny are going to meet, is oh. because Jorah is in Old Town. Sam has just had his first encounter with him when he was trying to put food there or take his bowl away. And Sam is going to be curious since he asked him about if the Dragon Queen had arrived and he wasn't sure what she meant. And then they're going to probably hear more about it since he's studying Dragonstone right now, where Danny happens to be. Danny will get Jorah, or Sam will get Jorah out. He and they'll all escape together and they'll all head over to Dragonstone and so that so that Jorah can be reunited with Danny again. And then Danny will find out, um, or I'm sure Sam will also try to find out. These are all my tinfoil hat theories, by the way. No confirmation, just my thoughts. Um, but that Danny will find out that John is another Targaryen because Sam will also have been able to find out research based on the many books in, the, in his library on, on genealogy. 
-hmm. of the famous houses across Westeros. That's my long-standing theory that Sam is going to be the one that ties it all together. Ooh. Which is so funny to me because he's just... He, to me, was such a, such a minor, like, comic relief character in the first season. But he's grown to be this very developed, very important character throughout the entire show. Mm -hmm. so. I like that. I hadn't even thought of Jorah besides, like, Jorah! Cool! There he is! He's still alive! That made me happy. Mm -hmm. Didn't this poop go flying everywhere? Yeah. <laughs> when he, like, jumped his hand out? <laughs> Again with the poop. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I thought it was food, so... I thought oh, ruined it for it, actually, thought it, it probably was... Vomit, so. Oh. <laughs> It was probably poop, food, and vomit. <laughs> it's anyone's name. <laughs> name this bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Game of Thrones took us to a lot of places this week. It did. It did. I mean, literally. Literally, yeah. So, cool. Any other thoughts? Oh, man. Maybe. Let me see. Yeah, like, I'm, I've been talking a lot, so Lindsay, please take, um, me, take it away. <laughs> so... Do you think the White Walkers are just going to walk around the wall? You know, given... Okay, that's another thing I wanted to say. The Hound sequence was surprisingly effective to me. I yeah. loved Rory McCann's acting in that season, that scene where he was looking into the fire. Like, so many emotions on his face. Like, from his... from Like, that would be a result of facing his fear of fire. From going from belief to... Like, disbelief to belief. From his fear of what he's seeing as well. Mm -hmm. And... I mean, they had that one brief sequence where the White Walkers just dramatically walk toward the camera with all the whites and their huge army. Oh my gosh, oh, and, and the those giants. giants. And the giants. Oh, that scared me. That was good. Yeah, everyone was like, Ooh. at my party, was like, no, one, one. Which I don't think he's a white because he was probably buried and burned. I heard some speculation that it's not him because of which eye he had taken out and which eye that particular giant. So I, mm. the internet doesn't think it's him either. Probably. Okay, good, because that would be heartbroken. <laughs> he was such a beloved character for me too. Mm -hmm. But... um. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure that the, what one of the big culminating episodes this season will be the wall falling, at least in one part. Oh, maybe? I think the wall is definitely going to fall because they keep talking about the wall so much. Exactly. So it's like you are, you're building up this wall. There's no way it's not coming down. Exactly. And that's so Game of Thrones. It is. And I think that the wall will come down and that a major, like, second to, second to last episode battle, like it seems to always be the case every season, or second to last, mm -hmm. huge dramatic episode will be a battle at East Watch by the, or by the sea, whatever it's called over there. Yeah. That where Tormund and the Wildlings are going to be stationed and where um, some, I guess, other like leaked footage or leaked stills of the show show that Beric Dondarrion and the Hound will end up going to as well to help them fight off the White Walkers that are headed that way. And my speculation as well is that since Jon's left the Wall, the way we're going to be camped now checking up on the Wall is Bran and Mira that just showed up. And we know Bran has the mark on him. I was going to say, do you think his mark is going to let... The, the White, White Walkers. Walkers through, or like let the let the Night King use magic to knock the wall down totally. that he's never been able to do before. That's what I. So think I'm too. kind of scared of that, and I've also heard speculation that there's a there's a rumor that one of Danny's dragons will die and be resurrected as an ice dragon this season, <gasps> oh. which should oh, be a evil. crazy twist and evil on her because she loves those dragons like children because they basically are her children. So yeah, we'll see where this goes. Oh, I hope he doesn't. With I them. Mean, Kill Ned, that's fine, but like the dragons, <laughs> no. I know. I really want Tormund and Brienne to just Get just it. have it happen already. <laughs> like I don't even care what happens with the wall, Tormund. <laughs> <laughs> and how he was like, "You're a lucky man" or something when he when she pushed over. Uh, is it Podrick? Podrick, Podrick. But that's Ooh, speaking of gender, he's also been confirmed to be coming back this season. <gasps> is he? He's going to have huge awesome. arms from all that rowing he's done since the season three finale. Awesome. <laughs> I love huge arms. <laughs> uh, two enthusiastic thumbs up for me there. Um, who do you guys think is a bigger threat? Cersei or the Night King? Like, are you thinking, who do you think they should be worrying about more? Because obviously John is like, 
No, White Walkers. And when you see the White Walkers, that was my thought. Like, I was like, who even cares about the throne? Like, the undead is going to make everybody undead. And they did such a good job with, like, the mist and everything. That was oh, like, so cool. I was way more terrified of that than I've ever been of Cersei or Joffrey or anybody. But then you have, like, Sansa who's like, you need to worry about this. So do you think that Winter Coming is going to protect them? Do you think Cersei, now that she doesn't have any of her children to keep her the tiniest bit sane, is going to... Like, how do you think Jamie's? I'm asking all these questions. Just, <laughs> well, there's so many good questions. And we yeah. haven't mentioned Cersei at all when she was a pretty major player this episode. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite characters. I love Cersei. Yeah. I love her presence. I think she is insane. She blew up the entire sept. Like, mm-hmm. that was nuts. If there was anybody... That's what I love about the show. If there, if there was anybody that made you think, well, maybe the undead's not that big of a deal, it's Cersei. And you're like, ooh, this was good. Yeah. I do think that John has a point though, because for Winterfell specifically, oh, the yeah. Wall and the Night Walk and the Night King and the White Walker threat is much more imminent than anything from the South, because the South is a Southern army, and we've already confirmed between Jaime and Cersei that they have very few allies right now. The only major one they have is Euron Greyjoy, mm-hmm. and I mean he has ships which could <gasps> sail, but okay. Yeah. I read so many funny things. What did you think of his outfit? Just really quick, like. Apparently he shops at Hot Topic in like. Oh, I've heard some jokes that you're that you're on Greyjoy top, shopped at Hot Topic. I, yeah. didn't I have to find my favorite one, but I'll find it while we're still talking about it. But I really liked that Cersei asked Jamie if he was afraid of her because a little bit I think Jamie is seeing oh very like we've never seen Cersei like this speak and then when she said that uh, her son why can't I think of his name oh, Tommen Tommen betrayed her that like, was crazy that's bold. Yeah. She's lost it. She's she's off the deep end. But. Yeah. Yeah, I think what Sansa said about Cersei was valid. That yeah. she'll... I think she's a threat because she will do whatever... Right. She's whatever she needs to. Yeah. She, as long as she's alive, they need to be worried. I, I agree. And I think that... I think that jo- the thing is for me, like, I want Jon to listen to Sansa more because he's just dismissing her and that drives me crazy. And I feel like that could lead to a, a character arc for Sansa being like a, a, an opposition force to John, which I would not want to see. Mm-hmm. But I, and also people pointed out that her hair this episode looked a lot like Cersei's that did. That is such, personally, I think that's stupid. I think it is too. <laughs> You're I think grasping. People, yeah. <laughs> I like tinfoil hat theories, but come on guys, that's her hair. <laughs> I mean, that's what tons of people's hair look like. But yeah, I think it's really good that Sansa and John are working together because John totally would have been just like Ned and I think Sansa had a really good point where she doesn't want him to be naive. She doesn't want him to be, like, so stuck to honor that that's what his downfall is. And he's also going to, like, ground her. So I think they make a really good team. Mm-hmm. It made me think of parenting. Like, I'm like, oh, they're parenting all these soldiers together. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. let's talk about this in private. Agree with mom when mom says something. <laughs> like, that's what it made me think of. That's true. That's a very apt comparison, too. They seem like a good team, and I, I liked it. Yeah. John said all the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, but here in Game of Thrones, that can mean something totally yeah. different. Yeah, and, and, and it also could be a reality. I've heard lots of people speculate they is, could get together too. I mean, assuming, I mean, you already know that John's like not her like blood brother. Right, right. right. But even then. So you're already justifying it? I'm just saying, I like the way Jonsa sounds. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I mean, it flows. And they sounded like they made a good team, but. Yeah, I'm just again worried about the little finger aspect as well. Him like putting his little daggers in her. Oh, Although yeah. I loved that she was like dismissive of him at the end of their conversation. I'll just was, like, assume it was something clever. Oh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like she's just so hardened. Like watching her or clips of season one is crazy to think of me for Sansa because she's so small. Her voice is so high. She's so naive, 
and hearing it in the book as well, like her, this like fantasy princess and dragons mm-hmm. and fairy tale view of romance and how it's now she's become like a hardened, almost like wizened queen of her yeah. own right. Like she could be the queen of Winterfell. A lot of people kind of bash on Sansa when they compare her to Arya, and I don't think that's fair. Exactly. They have different weapons, but they're just as powerful. Yeah. 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 So, for what it's worth, Team Sansa. Yeah, I love her. Awesome. Uh, Six more episodes in the season. It's going to go fast. (sighs) I've heard the last two episodes are going to be two of the longest episodes yet, though. So they owe us that. Exactly. (laughs) The last one will be 71 minutes, and the the second to last one will be 71 minutes, and the last one will be 81 minutes. All right. So while that doesn't make up for, like, like... 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. I'd rather they condense it and not be too much fluff, which yeah. is... Totally. But also, it'll help oh, the last two episodes, which are typically the very huge cinematic episodes with battles or with huge... Like, The Red Wedding was the second to last episode. Hard Home was the third to last episode of the fifth season. Battle of the Bastards. Battle of the Bastards was the second to last episode oh, so good. of the last season. And, like, that just is a, a theme we've noticed that, like, there's an episode that comes toward the end of the season that's huge and cinematic like that and... With the two lengthened episodes like that, we don't know what they'll be yet. Maybe it'll be the episode where the wall falls and there's a massive That's clash. That's what I'm guessing. It's, yeah. it's an episode with the wall falling. I don't know. Maybe it, we could be really surprised and it's seriously coming more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, winter. anything. This, that's what I love about the show. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Well, literally now. <laughs> exactly. Since, yeah. Since now the books are it's yeah. off book. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally, the last chapter of the most recent book that's come out is when Sam arrives in Old Town. So there is literally nothing else that we can that we have. Right. Other than a few characters that haven't shown up yet at least, um, which maybe could show up. We don't know. You know, all speculation. Like, Lady Stoneheart, I don't know if you guys know about her. Mm-hmm, that's Catelyn, right? Catelyn reanimated as this zombie woman who is, like, obsessed with but vengeance. we saw something that's similar to that with Benjen, didn't we? It's true. Because he was kind of a White Walker. By then, I had completely forgotten that his character even Exactly. He, he disappears <laughs> midway through first season and then comes back in, like, the second to last episode of season six. So it's just like, That's hey. when my boyfriend really is good to have around, because he's like, that's Benjen. And I'm like, I literally have no idea who that is. But, yeah. That's yeah. when I fake it till I make it. Yeah, you're just like, it is Benjen. And then <laughs> but it could Google be. things after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it very well could be that, that Catelyn will come back in that capacity like she is in the book, but I've heard lots of rumors of people that say that she's not. So, mm-hmm. a boy can dream. I liked her. I liked the, I never read that far in the book at least, but I liked the idea of that character coming back and liked the idea of, the, of what her character was representing as like Ned's revenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else? We've talked for a very long time about that. But, we have. Uh, we're we're going to be brief about Snowfall again. <laughs> probably again because <laughs> if it's anything like the last two episodes have been, I'm not sure I'm going to have a whole lot to say. <laughs> oh, so I didn't listen. I didn't get to finish last week's podcast because I want everyone to listen to it, but I'm just not going to listen to it. I'm terrible. That's Because um, I heard all your Emmy stuff and then I had finished brushing my teeth and I had to finish it. <laughs> but um, I, so I didn't hear what you guys thought of Snowfall. Do you guys like it? Mixed feelings. Yeah. I think... I like it a little more than Scott, but I don't love it. Uh-huh. Cause Do you I, like it? I'm liking it. I'm liking it a lot. I really like the actor who's playing the CIA agent. I'm kind of We don't know him. any of their names. Yeah. So, oh, cool. so we're not going to help you with that. <laughs> My friend. <This> great. <laughs> yeah, I really like And then the, the actress was the same one that was in Breaking Bad who played Jesse's girlfriend. Oh, oh I never caught on to that. Guys. Come on. I knew I, I knew she looks familiar. Her. I yeah. freaking knew it. Yeah. So, did the guy who was like the rich white kid? Did he remind you guys at all of Christian Bale, or is that just? I have to see him again. 
Okay, he was the kid who was like, yeah, you need to see this guy to get more cocaine because my girl really likes it. Right. Yeah, he reminded me a lot of He Christian was basically Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah, to me, any, like, he just had Christian Bale mannerisms. Yeah. Um, when Christian Bale is pretending to be really rich and snotty Bruce Wayne. Right. Um, but for me, I'm liking the show, but shows like this are really hard for me. And it's funny because I was telling my boyfriend that I have a hard time with it, and I wonder if it's the drug part of it. I wonder if it's, like, so many people making huge mistakes that are putting themselves in huge jeopardy. And he asked me if I had this hard of a time with Breaking Bad, because Breaking Bad is all drugs, too. Right. And I totally did. Like, it is hard for me to watch characters like Tuco or watch characters like... Um, he's not as bad, but the... the I guess they're Hebrew, I think. Um, the main cocaine guys yeah um they're from the middle east or something it's hard for me to watch people with that much power being cruel to other people it's it's really hard on me to watch it i almost don't enjoy it so that was hard for me in breaking bad with tuco's character and it's hard for me to see people like like jesse getting beat on and so it's hard for me to see franklin who is do you remember which character? Well, okay, remember? we know Franklin's the okay. main character, but that's it. Well, don't tell me you don't remember anyone. Okay, okay? I, know. <laughs> just, I know. But, like, it's it's hard for me. So, a little bit the show has been difficult. Okay. Because I want to just say, get out of there! Right. Like, drug-related stuff affects me more than okay. so, stuff, I guess. You're not uninterested, you're just, it's hard for you to watch uh-huh. the storylines and decisions. Yeah. Okay. It's just hard for me to relate as well. Sure. But I'm very, I'm interested. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I'm, I'm interested after the cliffhanger last week of him losing all the money. So. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then it's also, what did you, I, like, at first I was surprised, like, you can't do that. And then I was like, why not? He just did a huge drug deal with cocaine. Why wouldn't somebody steal all of his exactly. money? Like, it's an anything goes kind of a thing, because these are all people addicted to drugs. I don't know, it's hard. Yeah. But I'm interested. I'm going to just see where it goes. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a totally different kind of show. I thought it was going to show a lot more of, like, how cocaine came to be. Right? That's, like, how they yeah. advertised it. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, so we're just, like, dealing it. Yeah. Well, I think, I think I, I mentioned this, I know, and I know you didn't hear this part as well, maybe, but about the, the conspiracy theory that's pretty popular and has a lot of evidence, apparently, to back it up, about um, how the CIA planted crack across um, lower-class neighborhoods in L.A., to start the crack epidemic that was pretty crazy during the mid-80s. Yeah. And while it may not show, like, the evolution of where crack dealing came from, I think this show is trying to hint towards if it makes it that far, which I'm not sure it will because I've seen the ratings pretty low thus far. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like you, like Jake mentioned, I'm not the biggest fan thus far of the, of the substance of the show rather than... I like the style, but substance is lacking. Um, but that we'll see how that epidemic began. Where like mm-hmm. crack became so in demand and 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 like the across neighborhoods in South Central LA, and so we'll see if that's where it takes it. Right now, again, like you mentioned, it's kind of seeming like a little bit disparate, like a little bit all over the place, a little bit hard to follow what's going on with who because we can't remember anybody's names. But... but a little bit, I feel like that's how drug dealing is. It's all over the place. It's yeah. kind of like anything goes. There's all these people to keep track of. So to me, it doesn't take away. Okay, that's no, that's fair, yeah. But I could see how it's hard to watch because of that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, there was something I wanted to say that I was thinking. I 
can't remember what it was. If I think of it, I'll just interrupt all of you. Okay. okay. You can edit out all my rambling. <laughs> people on Reddit love it. I looked at the subreddit for the show, and people are like, "This, oh, the next Breaking Bad is here. Mm-hmm. Which... I don't feel that way. Yeah, but I don't feel that way. <laughs> Those are some big britches, yeah. my friends. Like, I don't, it didn't immediately grab me like Breaking Bad did. Right. Exactly. Breaking Bad, I was gripped by from the moment I watched it, which I wasn't expecting to be. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I'm not as gripped yet. And, yeah. Well, because Breaking Bad takes us, it, it starts us in a place, it lets us start in the place of where we are of not being drug dealers, which mm-hmm. I feel like this show didn't really do it's like by the end of the first episode he's like in you know mm-hmm. right i think yeah so. i mean he was already dealing pot and then you know they touch base a little bit on where he's coming from as far as like college and stuff like that but that's hard for me because here utah county and everything college is kind of a big deal and so i think a little bit i'm prejudiced where i'm like no you you yeah that sucks college sucks for everybody which i think is probably privileged in you to say but I just get so frustrated when I see people making such stupid choices. Yeah. And so, again, it's just hard for me to watch, but... But at the same time, it's like, all you do is just take this case of material and hand it to someone and get thousands of dollars. That's true. I get the appeal. Yeah. Guys, (laughs) if you don't hear from me, it's because I'm arrested. It's because you're a crack dealer. Well, something I remember it was, I was thinking... You hear so much, I mean, there was, like, the whole war on drugs and everything, and they talk about it a tiny bit, because the 80s is when Reagan was president, and they started a little bit more heavily with it. But you see all these people, and it seemed like drugs were a lot more common, as far as, like, hard drugs, like cocaine as a hard drug. I don't know how hard of a drug cocaine is, I just... But all these people seem to make it out alive, you know? Right. And so to me, it's almost like, maybe this wasn't as big of an issue as I thought it was. So in particular, this show is opening my mind a little bit to my prejudice against drug users, I guess. So I'm like, oh, we're all still here. So many people survived the 80s when this was running yeah. rampant. So maybe so. we should just start doing coke while we watch Snowfall. That's exactly where I was I think that's where this has all been headed the Pretty whole time. much. I have a gift for you guys, and it's okay. 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 I don't know if I actually said we were leaving to watch Snowfall, but we did. And now we're back, and Scott has thoughts, and Lindsay has feelings. I have lots of feelings. What are your thoughts, Scott? I'm, I am still not loving it. I really wish that the whole show would have been focused on Franklin's story. And I have feelings about his story this episode, but I... Um, feel like his story is the most consistently compelling each each episode thus far. It's only been three. But, like, I would watch the whole show devoted entirely to his story, his plight of him getting him way over his head. But, like, the other stories of the CIA agent, they're not doing enough to, like, explain what's going on there that I'm, I'm still really lost. I think they're trying to drop too many emotional bombs with him that aren't really effective because we don't care about him enough yet. Mm. And then the story with the other cartel people that... That, this episode, I just had no idea what was happening. Like, yeah. I could not figure out for the life of me who, like, what, what, who, like, why it was so important for them to, like, see that one guy coming out of his house. <laughs> well, I thought that they were going to frame him for killing the guy, right? Or no. But then, but it seemed like they were going to kill him, so how, I don't mm-hmm. Right, I mean, I remember them having that list good. of five people, one of the, and then some yeah. of them were dead, and they wanted to kill the one person, but, like why they chose that person and also just kind of building up to that it felt like because their story was only like 
three scenes of the whole episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like it was just not fleshed out enough. Yeah. I feel like this is hard for me to follow because I don't understand a lot of what was happening in the 80s. Because we're kind of young, and so I'm like, I don't know what the war is exactly, and like, who... So, this is actually interesting because I watched The Americans, and they actually touch on this a lot in that show, and I remember it vaguely from my U.S. foreign policy class that I took in college, but in the 80s, it was Ronald Reagan was president, mm-hmm. and he was super anti-communist to the point where he was willing to do kind of sketchy things to help prevent communism from spreading into any country that it had threatened to spread. Mm-hmm. And in Nicaragua and a lot of Central America, South America, there were things called Sandinistas, and maybe I'm getting them confused with who was the anti-Sandinista, or who, anti-communist and the communists, but I believe Sandinistas were the ones that were the pro-communist forces that were arising with Soviet backing in the mm. Central American area. And then the Contras were, like the Iran-Contra affair, you might, that, does that sound familiar at all? Mm-hmm. It was where just, I'm showing that I don't know much about history. It was just this illegal triangle trade that Ronald Reagan did, where he spent money to Iran to, to he gave, I believe, make listeners oh, at home. Oh, was this his way of giving guns sideways to the anti-communists? In Nicaragua and in Central, yeah. Central America without showing that he had direct involvement um, just to quash any kind of, mm-hmm. like, communist sympathetic mov- movements. And I believe that in this episode what we were seeing, but again, they don't explain very well to us, is that the CIA agent was like a liaison between the Americans and the Sandinistas, and that gun shipment was a bunch of people that were trying to ship guns to help the Contras fight against the Sandinistas. And that's why they were filing the serial numbers off, why he was like, we can't tie anything back to America. Because it was all supposedly just exclusively done by Iran, which the U.S. was secretly backing. Okay. As a war Again, crime. I feel like the show is not necessarily aimed at our age group, because I'm like, okay. That could be true. And that's what I'm wondering is, should we feel stupid? For not like, and I think I don't think the show is intending to make us feel that way. But I feel like I would not be this up to date with the information that I'm sharing right now had it not been for the fact that I had (laughs) also watching the Americans. Like I don't really remember this stuff I learned. It's coming. It comes back to me now that I like when I look up later and when I read plot summaries to kind of get some other like Mm -hmm. insight into it. But that is my assumption. I could be completely wrong and. Maybe they're not touching base on it because they don't want you to worry about it so much. In that show. could be true. Could also Maybe be. they want us to focus more on Franklin, but they're having to show, like, this is a factor in it. I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if that's why they're glossing over it. Yeah. Right. Because, yeah, this show does not do very much explaining, but, like, I don't want to sound like I think that that's always a bad thing. Because we were talking about on a couple podcasts ago about how much we hate it when things over Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And but so now we're hypocrites for being like, well, no, they're not explaining what's going on. I like this better, because I would rather be like, okay, I'll look it up a little bit. Sure, go sure. Go on a Wikipedia if, treasure yeah, hunt. It feels better to figure it out. You're right. And um, we we'll have this great conversation with Scott. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting, speaking of the Americans, because I'm, I'm watching season one, and there a lot of historical stuff does factor in, but with that show, I feel like, I don't know, it helps me understand it without holding my hand, mm-hmm. but the show's not doing that but at the same time like you said it's we're yeah. it's not like about the bigger historical things necessarily and what's so interesting to me since the americans also happens to be an fx show is the parallels i'm drawing with it and this show like in F- in americans there's like three storylines happening right similarly to how in snowfall three storylines are happening mm-hmm. but i feel like in the americans it's so much more wrapped up neatly and tightly and it's while they don't hold your hand at all there's some bit of, there's a bit of explanation 
and I believe, and just, I don't know, there's just something about the show that makes it a little easier for me to follow each episode to episode, whereas I'm struggling with Snowfall. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can follow Franklin's story pretty easily, but with the cartel story and the CIA story with the, like, I feel like I'm just losing a lot of interest and a lot of investment in their story arc because it just, just seems too rushed, mm-hmm. too unfeeling. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, and we keep comparing it to Breaking Bad, which, other than drugs being involved, I don't, maybe it's it doesn't like make sense like to, yeah. but, but I think one thing, and we touched on this a little bit earlier, how we were all wrapped up in Breaking Bad from the beginning, but, like, imagine if Breaking Bad had done this, where it's, like, showing kind of, like, all these sides of the drug dealing already going on from the beginning, I don't think Breaking Bad would have worked as well, right? Like, yeah. zeroing in on Walter White is what helped it, and so, like Scott's saying, I think if it was zeroed in on Franklin, that would feel a lot better. Because mm-hmm. that's the only plotline I'm really invested into. Like, when the other ones come on, I kind of tune out. See, and I like Teddy, but maybe that's because he reminds me of, like, John Krasinski a little bit. <laughs> he is kind of John And Krasinski. maybe it's because I need something to relate to, and I just don't relate to Franklin. Mm-hmm. Which, I guess, shouldn't come as too much of a surprise, since I'm like, you know, nothing like that. <laughs> and I... And I think a big thing is now I'm looking for any excuse to get away from Franklin's story because it made me so uncomfortable this this episode. With all the torture stuff? Yeah, yeah, like it made me really, really uncomfortable. And so I was like, oh, please cut to anything besides this. Like, Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, d- I didn't mind the Teddy stuff uh, mm-hmm. with the, his woman he had a child with i guess it doesn't seem like they're married right yeah they're not married so. or if they are married it was it also was just not clear at all yeah. yeah neither one of them is wearing rings and i don't think she'd be like hey bye right i think she's worried that he's gonna go off the deep end and i want to know what happened when he went off yeah they like, keep vaguely alluding to that yeah 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 i want to know more about that but yeah again that's just because i'm like hey this is the only thing i feel like i can maybe relate to a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah so are you guys still interested to keep going? With the show? Yeah. I'd like to finish the season because I'm a completionist kind of person. I am too. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people would stop watching a lot of shows I really like based on one or two episodes. So right. I'm willing. No, yeah. I like to have patience too. We'll see. Like, it's, we'll see if the events of this episode, particularly Franklin's story, end up having a bigger impact because I guess... All that really happened is someone else has the money now, basically. Like, it kind of felt like we someone reset. Someone else far more dangerous, seemingly, as well. Okay, yeah. that's fair, yeah. Is. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, but as far as, like, how long we spend in that house with the torture stuff, it's like, did any of that really add to... Maybe it will. Maybe it'll end up adding to the overall story, but... To tie it back to Game of Thrones, I feel like that scene was a little bit too much like a Ramsay Bolton scene. Like I'd I... rather watch Ramsay Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't is know that why that made me that... I don't know. Maybe it's because I just don't feel good in general, but, like, that made me really, really uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm just really tired of shows or movies using rape as punishment and, like, kind of almost, like, like, rape is something very serious. And, I I mean, the fact that, like, it's kind of thrown in as, like, another thing of punishment, another thing that happens just casually on a TV show that's meant to be, like, a showing of a villain. Like, people can be bad people without having to rape somebody. Like, and... Like, we don't need to have that driven home every other episode of every other TV show where there's a villain that's just overly sadistic. Yeah. Well, I think it was, like, definitely, like, a power thing for this, but I didn't like how long we... 
Like, I, it wasn't overly graphic, but the scene just lasted too long. It lasted a lot longer than I was just like, to. stop looking at each other. Stop listening to it. Stop. Yeah. Please, it stop. was really long. Yeah. I mean, maybe if they'd cut away, it would have felt like a joke. Like, if they did it too fast. I don't know. But I, I find myself almost wishing, not with the rape stuff, but overall wishing that the show was, like, kind of lighthearted almost. Like, because every time it comes back from the commercial and they're mm-hmm. like, welcome back to Snowfall or whatever, and yeah. it's like has, like, hard times by Run DMC playing in the background and stuff, and it feels so, uh-huh. like, tongue-in-cheek 80s, and then I then the show actually starts coming back and it's just, like, I don't, taking yeah. itself so seriously. And, mm-hmm. No uh, laughs. Yeah. I don't know how to feel. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm kind of... I feel a little misled by the advertising because I felt like it seemed like it was going to be... I don't know, kind of more like hyper 80s stylized than it actually has been. Like, I I don't know. I mean, I know the 80s are probably over portrayed most of the time in TV shows, but I loved how like Glow did it, you know? Mm -hmm. It just felt like the 80s. And in this show, it feels more, not that I was lived through the 80s. I was born in the early 90s, I guess. (laughs) Spoilers for my age. Um, But it just feels like they're like making sure that there's not any modern technology showing in the shots. And other than that, it's like, I keep forgetting that it's taking place in the eighties. I feel like this, I don't know. It could purely be just how I feel in general tonight, but I feel like this episode just had a totally different tone shift. Like Mm -hmm. I feel different about the show after this episode. Like you like it a lot less. Um, yeah, but that could be just my mood in general, Mm -hmm. but this episode was hard for me. Okay. But I said before the drugs thing is hard for me and it's just like, like oh that's hard let's add extra hard stuff for you to watch here you go and so i'm like uh but yeah i keep watching yeah i mean i'm just gonna i'd I'd rather not judge a show by the first few episodes because like while they have been rough for me like not my favorite show and i'm not necessarily looking forward to watching the episode next week it's definitely something that i want to see through to the end because i feel like tv seasons are tend to be like bookended stories even if they Mm -hmm. leave cliffhangers at the end of them even if they have if even if they have unresolved questions which most do, it's something that a season is meant to be like a like a story from one end to the other. And so I'd like to see where the story goes, if it's still going to compel me to watch another season. I'm happy to give up a show after after a season is done. And I've occasionally given up on a show mid-season when I realize it's just getting way too far. Like, there's just nothing I can... Like, I've gotten past the point, like Glee, for example. Oh, yeah. I just quit that halfway through, like, season three. But with this kind of show where... It's Glee was mostly a comedy and had stupid plot lines that would arise in each episode that didn't make any sense and would close by the end of the episode. With shows like this that have a storyline that's going to compel or progress to the end of a season, I'd like to see where it goes. Yeah, I would too. And I'm also I also don't want to judge too soon, but we'll see. We'll see. That makes me wonder. Just really quick, I I wish people would like interact a little more because I have so many questions about what other people are thinking yeah. about the shows. And it makes me wonder what is the deal breaker for other people. Like, yeah. what is it about a show that would make you stop watching mid-season or Ooh. mid-episode, you know? What's your breaking point for yeah. shows? What I, I want to hear from for other sure. people. Yeah, I, I was just checking the Facebook page just now to see about anything like comments or questions. And there aren't very many, but so if any of you guys do have any questions, requests, com- comments, disagreements, I don't know, anything that you want to voice to us, like, please feel free to leave comments on our Facebook page, on our Twitter, anywhere else where you follow us. Um, we'd love to hear them. Yeah, yeah, tell us what you think about the shows and the things that we say about them, because that's, yeah. I mean, 
I think we'll always enjoy getting together and talking about TV, mm -hmm. but it's more fun if you guys also contribute and talk with us about it. So do it. No pressure, um, but do it. But kind of. <laughs> but a little bit. <laughs> but a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Any other snowfall thoughts? I'm good. Okay. I'm Shows good that we want you to watch. Bojack Horseman. Nice. Halfway through season two. I love it. It's like the dark comedy that I really like. I showed a trailer for it to my coworker because she asked me if it was like hat llamas with hats. Have you ever seen oh, that? Oh, like the YouTube videos? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I was like, no, it's a lot smarter than that. Like, yeah. it, didn't, it didn't give me the same feel at all. And Still funny, like llamas yeah. with hats, but funnier. Yeah, I really am liking Bojack Horseman. I think Aaron Paul is just blowing me away. Um, and of course, like Will Arnett is just great. I love all of like the. And like, Allison Brie. Oh great. yes, yep. Yeah. It's just I'm really really enjoying it, and the dark humor gets me. Um, I did read that uh, the first half of season one, a lot of people didn't like, and they wish that they had stuck with it. Like, they wish that they had reserved some of their um, opinions about it when recommending it until after they had seen the rest of season one. So if you're one of those people that maybe has tried it and isn't sure if you want to keep going, uh, I recommend at least finishing out season one. Yeah. It's all on Netflix. But I'm really loving Bojack Horseman. I think it's hilarious and dark and it just it gets me I yeah like it a lot. i know i even get kind of defensive about it because yeah some people are like season one sucked but then it gets better but i'm like i don't think season one season did one suck. Didn't suck i think it just takes a long time for the show to establish what it is and like for people including myself to like get it yeah i guess mm -hmm. i think it was like episode four for me it had something at the end where i was like whoa this is like mm -hmm. amazing but, yeah, so it takes a while, it, but that's good because it's a freaking animated show that, like, builds slowly upon itself and then suddenly you realize what it's doing and it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, I think my favorite quote from it so far was, you're in charge of your own happiness. And he says, well, that's just depressing. <laughs> like, I feel that on a deep emotional <laughs> level. So, yeah, season one didn't suck, but it does take you a little bit to get used to what it is and... Yeah. And it's really not a long show at all. I think each episode is just it's 10 episodes. 12, or? I think. It's 12, yeah. and they're each 20 minutes about. Yeah, yeah 25-ish, right? So, I yeah, like to watch easy. it when I'm folding laundry, because I know, oh, it's a good timer for me. I really am liking it. But. Good. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll go next. Uh, I'll just recommend the unofficial companion to the show I recommended last week, uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, it airs alongside Veep, which I recommended last week. So I kind of like, I feel them as like an event together <laughs> every year. Though, yeah. um, uh, if you don't know, Silicon Valley's, it's, it's kind of like, it's basically, it's like a workplace comedy, but the workplace is a tech startup. And it just follows the story of these five, I guess, guys um, trying to start a company called Pied Piper. Uh, I think the show is really clever with the way that it involves the technicalities of what they're trying to accomplish with their software really heavily in the story, but in a way that it, it makes you feel like you're understanding it, even if you don't, because I don't know that much about technology. Like I know what HTML is, but, um, but as far as the details, they're good about making you feel like you're along for the ride. And of course it's really, really funny. Uh, I usually laugh out loud really hard a few times per episode, at least, uh, so, yeah, it's it's just it finished its fourth season. It's 
I'll admit it starts to feel a little bit the show like resets itself a lot where something will happen and then they're kind of back to square one but that's kind of the joke at the same time so if you like cynical uh workplace humor then I I recommend it yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about Silicon Valley, so... Yeah, yeah I've seen the first few episodes of it, but I've been meaning to get more into it lately, because especially after the big sit came out with Kamal Nanjiani. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he uh, was being the star of the big sit and having like been really excited to see that movie ever since I heard it's it. It's really great, go see it. Um, for me, no, don't laugh. I've, sh- I've mentioned this show a few times on the uh, and, and how it's an embarrassing favorite of mine, but having recently gotten back into it again in preparation for the final season coming out at the end of the month, I want to recommend Teen Wolf. And I know that it's, and so the thing is, yeah, I know a lot of the shows we talk about on here are shows that are like, maybe not for everybody, they're like, either really like dark or they're dramatic. And definitely drama is part of Teen Wolf. But like, if you're looking for a show that actually really, really will circum, like, like, like surpass any expectation you have of a teen drama, especially produced by MTV, which is not known for its high quality programming. It is a really engaging show I found, especially for people that are like me that are interested in mythology. It's pretty. It hits on a lot of like real mythology, monster mythology. Um, I don't know, like that kind of lore, and it is surprisingly like well acted. Maybe not the best written show, and I definitely have some qualms with it for sure. And I'm sure a lot of you either that have seen it or that would see it would maybe not appreciate the gratuitous shirtless men and like maybe a little bit over un- unrealistic. Like, Sign me up. What? what? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, the the show is just like I swear, like at least like ten times per episode. There's an unnecessarily shirtless dude. But if you like, if you like, I mean, if you like that, <laughs> you're into that. If you're unnecessarily. Into... Well, for me, it's is just... it ever unnecessary? Yeah. Scott? I don't know if it's ever unnecessary because I mean they're all very attractive men who do a very who definitely work out. Are but right, like, you convinced me. I'll watch <laughs> I just mean it's all on Amazon Prime. The first seasons, except for the most recent one, are all on Amazon Prime. Um, but. It's just, for me, that can be distracting as all. Because like, I'm just like, I don't remember what I was, like, I don't know what this episode's about anymore. <laughs> like, what are, we do- what are we talking about? Why is he shirtless? Like, what, what, why is this happening? But it's just got lots of cool stuff and lots of cool characters. Really cool representation. It's got, like, despite the fact that it is, like, I don't know, like, a very juvenile show. They're definitely very, like, like, in some ways at least, they're very hyper-aware of, like, issues and people and knowing that... People want to see themselves represented on screen, and they do a really good job of that. Sweet. Teen Wolf. My brother loves Teen Wolf. Plus, so. it's just really addicting. Like, I didn't think I'd like it as much as I did, but I watched the first four seasons in, like, a week. Wow. I swear. I just could not take my eyes away from the now screen that sometimes. that is bingeable. Yeah. That oh, is yeah. certainly bingeable, bingeable. TM. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we don't say the I name know. of the podcast bingeable. enough. But, I mean, if you're listening, you know what it is. Uh... Also, do we have to say our names every time? Because I don't think we ever did this time. Oh, do we but... have to do like a funny like, "Hi, I'm Lindsay." Like, <laughs> like uh, funny like. Like we're cheesy. Yeah. Or it's like we're the Power we have like Rangers. taglines. Oh right. Or Ooh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm Jake. I'm I'm Lindsay, I guess. I'm Scott. If you didn't know, maybe we address each other sometimes so people find yeah. out naturally. It's like Snowfall. We just throw you in and then you have to figure out yeah, what each other, what the names are. are. Yeah. What we're about. Are some characters the same person? How old we are. Little clues in here. We have no idea what's going on in Snowfall's yeah. political <laughs> <laughs> agenda. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. So we'll be back next week to talk. Oh, wait. No. Um, We'll figure something out. Next week's my birthday on Wednesday. <gasps> 
Happy birthday! Thanks. Wow, that means an entire year. Sorry, you can edit all this out. An entire year ago, we went to the Panic at the Disco concert. Oh, that's right. That doesn't feel like a year oh ago. Oh my gosh, can't believe the album's that old. Oh yeah, it's been out like a year and a half. Word. That was crazy. such a fun concert. It was really fun. That was so fun. Um, the user was so good too. So we can either either you guys can just record or we can do like Thursday or Friday maybe. I'm fine with Thursday or Friday. Also, have you seen on HBO? There's a four-part series called The Defiant Ones. Yes. Are you guys interested in that? We could do it. Um, is it all out already? It's all out. I want to see it because my brother like loves Eminem and like rap and. All well, that I like stuff. it if I'm not like like I like Eminem, but I don't know that much about. Him. I guess there's this just for me. Just about him. No wait, is yeah, it about someone about, like, else Dr. entirely? Like, it's it's about okay. like rappers who made it big, yeah. who despite all odds shouldn't have. So one of the episodes is more focused on Eminem. I'm just saying I want to watch it because I know it's something that my brother has watched and right. really excited about. So I'm going to watch it, and it's on HBO, and I've heard good things about it so far. Okay. So I don't know if that's something you guys Yeah, we can figure out. And it's only four. If we'd want to do, like, yeah, just talk about it all at once. Yeah, Yeah. might as well. I mean, that could be a new show that we could discuss as well on top of what we've been... Since we we don't have Emmys to discuss next week, and we'd have three... We like to do three things of three. Right. Um, I do also really want to... We maybe start the week after Insecure comes back this Sunday. Scott's already seen it all. Mm-hmm. Lindsay's seen none of it, so we is. would be asking you to catch up on What's it one on? season. HBO. It's only eight episodes so far. Oh, and it's on HBO. And mm-hmm. it's a comedy, so it's only like thirty minute episodes each. Yeah, episodes. eight thirty minute episodes. I'll binge that. Um, binge the crap out of that. Yeah, and Issa Rae's nominated for best actress in a comedy, I believe, right? I don't think she was. No. no? Oh, I thought I she was. I no, I was sad. No, I chose her last week. As That's what you she chose. She was my. You would have picked her. I would have picked her. Emmys did not pick her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe the following week we can jump in on that. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll figure it out. We'll tell, we'll post things yeah. about it. Cool. <laughs> to be continued, I guess. Thanks for listening, and bye. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye.